Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And before we start this episode, I'm going to get a little transparent. Uh, I'll get a little into my personal life. So for the people that are wondering where I was for the last two weeks, I've been moving. Now, this ain't like moving down the street or, you know, moving to another, you know, moving to a city five minutes away. I moved to another state. And man, I could, uh, moving is not the easiest thing, especially when you're moving by yourself uh, or, you know, moving to a place by yourself. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially moving to another state, man. Oh, it's, it's a lot. But we're here. We're still getting the kinks out. Uh, the audio sounds kind of you know reverbage uh i apologize i'm I'm still trying to get the sound panel or i'm still gonna get the sound panels up but i appreciate everyone that has asked me where i was or was patient with me i appreciate it but we're back to the regularly scheduled program like i said i'm gonna get everything situated but i appreciate you guys and what we'll start is the unfortunate in fact hold on a lot has happened in in two weeks and i'm not gonna get I'm not going to talk about everything that happened. Like, if it happened literally two weeks ago, there's no point of talking about it. But where we will start is with Demarius Thomas. Um, Demarius Thomas, unfortunately, passed away at 33. And it's crazy when when, when you see people, you know, we're starting to get to a a, a, a point in, in, the, in America. We're starting to get to the point in the United States. We're starting to get to a point in the world where you're starting to get numb to things, uh, especially, you know, crime or or people passing. You start to get numb. But and and I'm not saying this to say, like, there are some deaths that are more important than others or there are some deaths that uh, should get more coverage than others. I'm not saying that at all. Every death especially hits home for any different number of people or, you know, some people are closer than others, but death is still death, and it's still hard to to wrap your mind around a lot. And, uh, you know, Demarius Thomas, football player or former football player, played for, you know, played for the Broncos. He was great. And this is one of those deaths that kind of stopped me in my tracks. Now, no, I'm not a Broncos fan. I, I never was a Broncos fan, but... I remember Demarius Thomas. I remember how good he was, especially for a few years or the years with Peyton Manning. He was a beast. And there was legit talks about who, you know, during that time it was Demarius Thomas, uh, Des Bryant was up there. You still had Antonio Brown. Like he was considered one of, the, especially in his time, in his prime, he was considered one of the best uh, wide receivers in the game. And it was a legit conver- a legit argument. It was who was the best. Um, and it's it's unfortunate, man. It's – the reports is coming out, you know, I think I, – you know, let me not even say how I think he passed because I myself am not 100% sure. So um, I'm not going to report or say what I what I heard. I, I, now it could have already been confirmed what happened, but I am not 100% sure. All I will say is um, just, just check on your loved ones, man. Check on your loved ones, call them frequently, or at least text them frequently, get in, keep communication, because you never know, man. I know we say this all the time with deaths, but you never know. You never know. A story, the story that is really etched into my brain is when Shannon Sharp said, you know, he and Demarius Thomas were incredibly close, like a big brother, little brother type relationship. And people were urging uh, people were urging Shannon Sharp to to reach out to Demarius Thomas. We know about the accident that he had a couple years ago, and it, it, it did a lot to his ner- you know nervous system and, and a lot of things. And Shannon Sharp said, you know, he never he he kind of kept putting it off because he felt he had time. And deaths really show you or really are here to remind you that we really don't have much time. We don't. So we have to use the time that we have. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, It's sad, man. Demarius Thomas. And he was 33. He was 33, which is incredibly young. 
I mean, that's five years older than me. So rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. I pray for his loved ones. Uh, I pray for all the people that this affects. Um, Death is not easy, man. Death, Death is one of those things that everyone will always react differently to it. Um, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So, you know, this is one of those, those situations or those, those deaths. That I had to sit back like, wow. And, and again, he was, I wasn't, I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't a Broncos fan, but everyone that watched football, especially back in the day or, you know, a couple of years ago, we know who Demarius Thomas was. He was a beast. So, and, and, and even if he wasn't a beast, it's still sad that somebody, you know, passed away. So, um, rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. Uh, and I pray for his loved ones, man. I, I really do. So I'm going to do a moment of silence uh, for Demarius Thomas. So let's move forward. So week week 14 in the NFL came and went. And I'm going to talk about, usually I wouldn't talk about the game that happened last Thursday, but it needs to be talked about. Um, actually, I usually would talk about the game that happened last Thursday, but of course I haven't been here in two weeks. So uh, I usually would have covered it on Saturday, but because I wasn't here on Saturday or I was moving, let's talk about it now. So... The Steelers lost, or the Vikings beat the Steelers 36-28. to And the biggest, the biggest story that came out of it was, of course, Chase Claypool. Um, the, the Steelers were down bad. They were down like 28-0, and then they came all the way back and had a chance to win the game, they had, or at least tie the game up. They had a chance. Uh, Chase Claypool, they, they had like 30 seconds left. Chase Claypool came, or they came down, passed to Chase Claypool, called it, you know, celebrated after and like his celebration pretty much cost them 10 to or I think 14 or 15 seconds. And they came down to the last play, didn't didn't connect right. And they if they probably would have had 15 to 14 to 15 more seconds, they arguably could have won the game. This story or this game is exactly why. I'm not even going to talk about, I'm not even going to, for the, for the longest, I always talk about Big Ben and how Big Ben, it's, it's pretty much over with for Big Ben as far as being an elite quarterback. And I think reports have come out saying that this is pretty much his last year in uh, Pittsburgh. But here's the thing. And, he, and this game really showed me or it didn't show me. This game uh, confirmed to me that the Steelers are in a bad, bad place. And I'm not saying just for now. I'm talking about moving forward. What direction are the, do you see the Steelers moving in? Usually when there's a, like for instance, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the Saints. Drew Brees was the Saints quarterback for the longest, the longest. I think like 19 years or something like that. He was the Saints quarterback. When Drew Drew Brees retired after or last season when he retired, you sort of knew or you sort of saw the direction that the Saints could go in. You can go with Taysom Hill. You can go with Jameis Winston. Even if the quarterback position didn't work out to the way, not saying that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders, but you still had Alvin Kamara, who was one of the top backs in the league. You still have, you know, when he's healthy, Michael Thomas. You still have some pieces. You still have Sean Payton, who is arguably one of the best offensive coaches the league has ever seen. The Saints, of course, you're losing uh, Drew Brees. However, you're getting, you still know kind of the direction that you're going in. All right. Green Bay, you had the legendary Brett Favre. 
they were fine letting or letting Brett Favre walk or kept retiring and unretiring because they had Aaron Rodgers in the rafters. And they knew that once you had Aaron Rodgers was going to they didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to become, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, but you knew that the ship was at least going to stay afloat because Aaron Rodgers was that good. You knew what was happening moving forward. Um, let me give you another example. Uh The Chiefs, Alex Smith. We know how how important Alex Smith was to the Chiefs, um, especially after they got him from the 49ers. We knew, you know, you knew the legacy that Alex Smith had. Not saying Alex Smith was a world beater or anything, but he was a fan favorite in 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 Kansas City. And even though he was, you know, play it safe quarterback, he was a decent quarterback. They. They were okay to let him go because you had Patrick Mahomes waiting, and it's like you know, let's not even, let's not even do this. We're we're going with Patrick Mahomes. Let's do it. I say all that to say the Steelers, and it's not just the quarterback position, right? It would be different. I know you have Najee Harris, right? They have Najee Harris. I get that. Really good back, a young back, but their offensive line is horrible. And the thing about and one big reason why I think that you don't see a lot of running backs win the MVP is because they need a lot of things to go or they need the offensive line to be good for them to be successful. Now, there's only a certain few like like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry really doesn't need his offensive line to be good because the Tennessee Titans offensive line, it really isn't that good. But you have Derrick Henry. That's I mean, he's a freak athlete. The Steelers' offensive line is garbage, and that does affect. Now, Najee Harris is young, and I think that he's going to get better, of course, but that does affect how Najee Harris approaches, you know, how they use Najee Harris. The Steelers, I don't know the direction that they're going in. It seems like, I mean, most of their team is old. Most of their team won't be there in about two or three years. Of course, we know about Big Ben, but the people that will there, you know, Johnson and and Claypool, it's like, just look at, just think about what the Steelers were. Just a, just a few years ago, you had Big Ben, you had Le'Veon Bell, you had Antonio Brown, you had so many pieces. And, and, and I say the Steelers are in a bad place because moving forward, who do, who do you have? Mason Rudolph? Uh, Dwayne Haskins, who for some reason never gets activated to be the backup. It's like, and I think the worst part about it is if you look at the landscape of, first of all, the Steelers probably win too many games because they have a decent defense. I mean, you have a, no, decent. You have a good defense. You have TJ Watt. You have Mika Fitzpatrick. You have Joe Hayden. You have a good defense. But this team, it's, we talk about the last year. One of the biggest reasons why the Bills did not win because they weren't a balanced team. Their offense was way their offense and their defense is way too unaligned. As far as their offense was really really good. Their offense was great. Stephon Diggs, you know, his addition to the team, their offense was incredible. Josh Josh Allen had an incredible season, but their defense was horrible. And they couldn't run the ball. Kind of kind of like what outside of the defense, kind of like what you're seeing this year, they couldn't really run the ball. Their best run running back was Josh Allen and still is Josh Allen. That's what held them back. When you look at the Steelers, man, it's like their defense is so good, but they're – Big Ben can't push the ball down the field. And even when Big Ben's not there, Mason Rudolph's not doing it. I mean, hell, Mason Rudolph was the biggest reason why they had the tie against the Lions. All I'm saying is this. The Steelers are in a bad place, man. They're in a bad place. And I understand that Mike Tomlin, that job pretty much seems like it's it's untouchable, which, which it probably is. And I'm not – it just seems like, you know – I just don't know the direction that the Steelers are gonna are gonna go in, cause the the quarterbacks coming up coming up are, are I mean you have Bryce Bryce Young but 
are the Steelers really going to lose that many games where you're going to get Bryce Young? Or, uh, I mean, I guess you can roll the dice to Spencer Rattler. You know, he did announce that he's going to Carolina or South Carolina, but are you going to lose that many games? Or is Spencer Rattler going to be a franchise-changing player right now? It doesn't seem like he will be. The Steelers are in a bad place, man. And shouts out to the Vikings for beating them thirty and six to twenty eight. Dalvin Cook had the the, the 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 time of his life running up and down this defensive line, man. So I, I it's I, and I don't. I, it feels sometimes it feels like I I am kind of like picking on the Steelers, but no. What I'm what I'm being I'm being honest. Yes, the Steelers have a incredible history incredible history their history i mean this is one of the most storied franchises in the nfl but it's like history ain't history is only going to get you so far hell look at the knicks history history is going to get you so far people do, there's a lot of people that play that's playing in the nfl today that cannot tell you wide receivers and this is no offense to him, but there's no there's there's wide receivers today that cannot tell you who Lynn Swan is. There's wide receivers today or there's quarterbacks today that does that didn't that doesn't know how great Terry Bradshaw is. What I'm saying is history is only going to take you so far. And honestly, history ain't going to play these games on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays. <laughs> All I'm saying, man, is. I. I don't want to. See, I know the Steelers are still in the playoff hunt or or in contention or whatever. But even if they do, you know, sneak in to make the playoffs, do you do you see them making any type of noise? And I I don't I don't. And moving forward, yeah, I just I just don't see what direction they go in. And that Thursday night football, that that Chase Claypool play kind of confirmed it because Chase Claypool, yes, I understand Juju Smith is out, but Chase Claypool is is supposed to be one of your best wide receivers. And Quaz has kept when Big Ben leaves, they're going to look for, you know, he's going to be looked as at, or he's gonna, supposed to be one of the offensive captains or should be one of the offensive captains because you're one of the best players on offense. And when Chase Claypool is one of your captains or possibly one of your captains because we don't know what's going to happen with Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, man. It's tough. It's tough. But let's move forward. Probably one of the biggest games, actually, arguably one of the biggest game, anticipatory games going into Sunday was Washington and Dallas. Of course, we know about their rivalry. We we know we know about the rivalry. We know about you know there, there's there's certain rivalries in sports that you know it, it, the the you know biggest rivalry setting Washington and, and Dallas, uh, North Carolina and Duke, Boston and the Yankees. You know we know and I I have two takes, two takes from this game. Let's first actually I have two takes from from each team. Let's start with the Cowboys. Take number 1 is this team something that I didn't expect. Now I understand that Dallas has dealt with a litany of injuries whether it's uh lit, lit injuries or covid, whether it's uh CD Lamb, whether it's uh Amari Cooper, Dak had had the the this the the uh the strain hamstring train that's what it was but this team is way this team has flipped from what the ex the 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 last year and and for the for as long as I've known pretty much the Cowboys or or pretty much since that since Dak has been there this team has been mainly offensive driven you had some def outside of what last year you had the defense was okay but it was the offense was was the driving force for this team the offense is what was winning this team games 
and the defense was, you know, it made big plays here and there, but it, it mainly was the, the, the offense. Now the offense is starting to become more of a liability, and that's crazy with the pieces. When you have Dak Prescott, C.D., uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard is injured, but you have Tony Pollard, Dalton, Dalton Schultz. You would expect that this team, you know what's funny? A couple, probably around first four or five weeks, this team was, I remember I, 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 I did an episode and I was, was looking at weaknesses for playoff teams. And I said in that episode, you can go back and, and look. I said, it's hard for me to find a weakness for Dallas. Dallas offense was humming. Dallas defense was had one of the best defenses. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, they had one of the best defenses. But you look today, and I don't know what it is, but they're off. I'm not going to say it's falling off a cliff, but their offense has taken a huge step back, while their defense has taken a huge step forward. Now their defense is incredible. They have one of the best defenses in the league, but their offense, man, Yes, Dallas won twenty-seven to twenty against Washington, but that game they won. They 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 had a first of all, it should have been they should have scored more. It was just Dak was just Dak had some really you know he had a pick six. He had some bad plays, but it's also because Washington just couldn't count. I mean, Washington had what three or four turnovers. It was bad. So my first take is Dallas is is too lopsided. As far as their offense is struggling right now, their running game, Zeke hasn't been able to carry the running game. That's why, you know, a lot of people were saying, and, and it's true, that this Tony Pollard injury could be huge because Zeke ha- hasn't really shown the ability, even though he was really good in the beginning of the season, he hasn't shown the ability to be able to sustain it. One, because he is a physical back. And of course, as we know, physical backs wear down over the season. And he hasn't he hasn't really shown signs. He hasn't really been that great of a player ever since he got the big contract. Two. And we know that a player's desire, every player's desire, honestly, more than likely is to be out there to play. They're, players are usually, you know, players that love the game, that are serious about the game, will pretty much do anything in their power to be on the field, to play. And I don't know if Dak Prescott, you know, didn't didn't really tell us how serious the the hamstring injury was or what, but Dak Prescott has looked bad. And this is the same Dak Prescott that in the beginning of the season – was MVP candidate, especially the first few weeks, maybe the first four or five. Now, Dak Prescott has become, well, at least for these past few weeks, has become a liability for the Cowboys. Not saying, you know, he's had some good plays, but Dak Prescott, if they would have lost this game, if they would have lost against Washington, Dak Prescott would have been the main reason why, because of some of the decisions. And it's not that, like, it's not he's throwing perfect spirals and his wide receivers aren't catching it. He's making bad decisions. And this is, I think, the reason why a lot of people had hesitation. And we'll talk about the Cardinals in a second. But there's a lot of people why this is a lot this is the reason why a lot of people had hesitation in teams like the Cowboys or the Cardinals, because they have a history of getting closer to the postseason and just starting to fall apart, whether it's injury-wise, whether it's making bad decisions, whether it's losing games that they should win. And and while, yes, Dallas did win, they're 9-4. and four. Dallas is number one in the, in the NFC East. But I don't see, when you put Dallas up against some of the best teams, I don't see Dallas beating a um, Green Bay. I don't see Dallas beating a... Bucks. I don't see Dallas beating a Cardinals. I don't see Dallas beating the Rams. I don't see Dallas beating some of these some of these better teams in the NFC. So, I mean, shouts out though they did beat Washington. And let me go to the Washington side. Two takes. Take number one. I understand 
Tyler Heineke had uh, a good four-week run. And I understand he makes some incredible plays. Not just in those four weeks, but he makes some incredible plays. But let it – and I, I hate to beat the drum, but – Tyler Heineke is not a franchise quarterback. He's good for the moment, I guess, because they don't have anybody. I mean, Fine Fitzpatrick, I think he had season-ending hip surgery, so he's out. We saw what Kyle Allen looked like at the end of the game. Tyler Heineke is cool, but he's not a franchise quarterback. So if you think moving forward that Tyler Heineke is the option for Washington, no. Which also brings me to who is the option? I thought Cam Newton, and we'll talk about Cam Newton in a second, but that doesn't really – that seems like it's plateaued already uh, in, in, in in Carolina. How do you think – how do I think he would look in, in Washington? I don't know. But Tyler Heineke is not the option. He's maybe what we have right now. He, he's You know what he is? You know what Tyler Heineke is? You remember those uh, – um, those those TV dinners, the the was it the the uh, banquet TV dinners, I think it's banquet, the banquet TV dinners, how they will get you to where they got to get you, like they will feed you, and some of them are okay, some of them are good, a lot of them are good, but it's like you can't really live off TV dinners. It, it it's good for the moment. Like if you ain't got nothing else and you just want to cook something fast, T, banquet TV dinners is is it. The macaroni and cheese joint with is it. But if if you want if you think that that's going to sustain you, nah. Tyler Heineke are, is TV dinners. Number two. Washington at this moment is I, I think they're in the playoffs. I think they're in the they have the last wild card spot. And I guess you can say you know we talk about this I talk about this a lot how you gauge success, right? And some people Success is making it to the playoffs. Some people's success is finishing the season over 500. I know that probably, you know, the Jets would love to finish the season over 500, even though it's not going to happen, you know. Success is definitely, uh, the scale that is success is different for different teams. And the question is, would Washington be successful? Or would Washington feel successful if they just make the playoffs? Going into the season, no. Hell, I had Washington going into the season with the with the pieces that they had, the year that they had last year. Washington, I thought that at minimum they would be NFC East champion. Because, I mean, you made the playoff last year. You you were pretty much a couple throws from beating Tom Brady and the Bucks in the wild card. I thought that, you know, you had Chase Young, who was the defensive rookie of the year. I, I thought it would be a little better. But then you go into the season. You lose Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though I still don't think you should have signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you lose Ryan Fitzpatrick. Logan Thomas now was out for the season. Uh, and he missed a lot of time. Curtis Samuel has missed a lot of time. J, uh, J.D. McKissick is now out. Uh, Tyler Heineke is your starting quarterback. Even though you had not you had a chance to get a Cam Newton or to get another wide run, uh, quarterback, you still have that. We, we know about the FBI probe, not only with the emails, but quite as kept. Nobody really talks about the cheerleaders thing anymore, even though I think that's still something that needs to be discussed. Or we need to figure out what the hell they found. And the defense has been. These last four games, they've been a lot better. Ever since, oh, you lost Chase Young, by the way, season. But ever since Chase Young has been out, 
The defense has been better. Not saying that they're better without Chase Young. Do not do not hear me say that. Chase Young is a defensive rookie or former defensive rookie of the year. Any team that has Chase Young on their team is a better defensive team. I think that their Washington's gauge of success has to have changed. Because going into the season, all Rob Rivera was talking about is, you know, we're going to make some no- – or our goal is to, you know, make a deep run in the playoffs, which I thought that they could do. Do I think that they could have made that? I don't know. I don't know if they – I, maybe that's me being naive, but I thought that they, especially capitalizing off of last year, I thought they at least could have made it too or close to the NFC Championship. Now, I know, again, that's wishful thinking, but I'm just going off the success that they had or, yeah, the the, the success that they had last year. And I, I think the gauge that or the, the gauge of success that Washington has now is definitely changed. Now, just making it to the playoffs would be a successful season for them. Now, right now, they're six and seven. See, I mean, they 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 have they still have a tough schedule because they pretty much have the entire NFC East. Uh, we all know how that is. I mean, you still got to play with the Eagles twice. Uh, you still got to play the Giants again. And you still got to play Cowboys again. So it's tough. But I do think that their 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 gauge of success has kind of dampered. But shouts out to Cowboys for beating Washington. Let's move forward. The Jaguars have had a week, man. <laughs> Uh, Shouts out to the Tennessee Titans for beating the Jaguars 20 to zero. Um, You know, Ryan Tannehill did his thing, but the the story really isn't Ryan Tannehill and the the Titans, even though what happened on Sunday should have happened. Nobody, even though the Tennessee Titans have lost games that they should have won or they should not have lost. Uh, And and they don't look like they don't really, even though they are, you know, high in the AFC playoff picture. They are starting to take a step back, and they're starting to really feel the absence of Derrick Henry, even though it is saying that Derrick Henry may return or or could possibly return to the playoffs. This story is really about the Jaguars. So Urban Meyer has had himself a week, man. From the report coming out saying that he's pretty much blaming his assistant coaches and everything for the predicament that the Jaguars are in, uh, for Trevor Lawrence pretty much calling out the the the, the coaches for not have, benching J- uh, Robinson a year uh, last week, even though he's one of their best players and they're searching for wins. Um, and then to the game where Urban just looked lost. And, you know, we know the weird exchange at the end, even though Mike Vrabel was a former assistant to – uh, former assistant to uh, it, it, it was just it, it was just a lot. Now, the owner is coming out saying, Should they fire? Should they fire? Uh, man, it's you know, what it is. <laughs> The NFL is not the the college college football man, and we've said that time and time again. But there are some coaches that are just built for 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 the NFL, and there's some coaches that are just built for college football. Hell, Nick Saban tried to make it in the in in the NFL and didn't work. And we know Nick Saban will go down as arguably one of, if not the, in fact, Nick Saban will go down as the greatest college football coach ever. Urban Meyer, I mean, again, it's just been a week for Urban, man. And a lot of people are wondering now why Urban is still the head coach because it looks like, it seems like Urban has just lost the room. It seems like he's lost his players, lost his coaching staff. It just, I would be surprised if going into next year, Urban Meyer is the coach. Now, I understand why you wouldn't fire him especially this late into the season, but it it was really quick. Even though he has two wins, it was really quick. It, it didn't take long for us to realize that Urban probably is not the answer. And 
you know, man, uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I think Urban will be out of there by the end of the year, and I just don't think it's going to be, you know, until the off season because I don't, I don't get especially this late in the season why you would fire him. But uh, it just, it just doesn't seem like Urban can really come back to the situation. Like it, I would be shocked if. Going into next season, Urban Myers is still the head coach for the Jaguars. It it just doesn't seem like the players want to listen to him. His coaching staff works. He works. It just he looks dejected. Like it, it just doesn't seem like that. It, it's it just doesn't seem like this is a good fit. And and some hey, Nick Saban did not work in in the, in, in the NFL, and he is now one of the greatest. If not the greatest college football coach ever, just saying. And we know the success that Urban Myers has or had in college football in Ohio State and in Florida. Just saying. Moving forward, uh, Seattle beat Tennessee, um, thirty-three to or no, Tennessee. Seattle beat Texans, Houston Texans. I apologize, thirty-three to thirteen. Um, the only the only takeaway I have from this game is I think we're really seeing the last days of Russell Wilson or the last weeks of Russell Wilson in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. I just think there's there's something to be said when a player comes out and says they they are they are displeased with what the organization is doing. And the organization doesn't really do much to help. Or the pieces that they do try to bring in doesn't work. That usually shows that either they're desperate and just trying to make moves or they think the moves that they're making work, but they don't, which means that you're incompetent. And when you have a player as great as Russell Wilson, now, Russell Wilson has not been great the last few weeks, but you also have to realize, one, he's coming back from a freaking dislocated finger. And we saw his finger pointing left when it should have, when his whole hand was pointing right. So of course it's going to take time and he's coming back faster than he was supposed to come back. So I just think this is the last time we're seeing Russell Wilson or the last few weeks, the last season, I guess you can say that we're seeing Russell Wilson, a Seahawks jersey. I could definitely be wrong, but it just doesn't, really feel like he's gonna be back and also also moving forward it kind of feels the same way about um about Derek Carr now I don't know what the hell the Raiders were thinking I don't look people have pride in things you know what I mean uh I have pride in this podcast I I put a lot in the podcast I put a lot that's why you know I didn't want I could have I could have recorded probably a week before I could have recorded a week before, but I still had to set up the set. Um, it's not 100% done, but it's pretty much 90% done. I could have recorded, but I put pride in this podcast, meaning I'm not just going to give you crap. I'm not just going to give you the bare minimum. I'm going to try my best to give you the best content. No matter who listens, no matter who watches, no matter who supports, I have pride in this podcast. I have pride in this logo. Shouts out to my mom for making the logo. But I have pride in this. NFL teams, NBA teams, any team has pride in their logo. So I don't know, especially when you're a team that is not that is underachieved drastically this year. I do not understand why you thought it was smart to celebrate or no, to have a team meeting on the other team's logo. It it doesn't make sense. Because the Chiefs came out and beat the dog-ish out of the Raiders. They beat them 48-9, to the most points they've scored, I think, since like 2015. Everyone was firing. Patrick Mahomes was firing. Clyde Eberlair Williams was firing. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Pringle, McCole Harmon. Everyone was firing on all cylinders. Why would you give a team? I understand that it's a, it's it's a, I understand that it's an AFC rival, but why would you give a team as potent and as lethal as the Kansas City Chiefs can be? Why would you give them blueprint material? 
It just, and it goes back to what I was saying about Russell Wilson. I think this is the last day, the last year that or last season that we're seeing Derek Carr. I think that the or I don't think Derek Carr is. I think Derek Carr has his moments, but I don't think Derek Carr is the problem for the Raiders. What I do think, however, is the Raiders are pretty much. I don't think that they value Derek Carr as much as they should, especially with everything that's going on with this franchise. I just don't think they value Derek Carr as much, and I think that because of that, Derek Carr more than likely will be on a different team next year. Again, I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong about Russell Wilson, but it just seems like we've seen the last of Derek Carr, or this season will be the last season that Derek Carr uh, is wearing silver and black. You know what I mean? So... But shout out to the Chiefs, man. They looked incredible. They they look like the old Chiefs. Now I'm not going to go as far as say they're back. Uh, I'm not gonna. Now the Chiefs, when they're firing like they are, there it's hard for me to see any team beating them. But I need to see that more. Um, I think this game on Thursday is going to be huge uh, against the Chargers. If they can do the same thing or look the same way against the Chargers that did against the Raiders, then we can have a conversation. But. I'm just going to hold off to say, yeah, the Chiefs are back because it's the Raiders. And the Raiders, even though they're 6-7, and seven, they have drastically underachieved. And a lot of their big, you know, a lot of their players were out. So, and then again, you just don't, don't celebrate. People take pride in their logos. People take pride in what they do. Do not celebrate on another team's logo. This isn't college. And even in college, we've seen that end horribly wrong. So, yeah, man. Uh, the Saints beat the Jets 30 to 9. Um, you know, it seems look different <laughs> when Alvin Kamara is playing. Alvin Kamara is one of the best players or one yeah, one of the best players in the league, one of the best running backs and you know, this is pretty much a lost season for the Saints or this is an important season for the Saints because you know, you're 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 starting to the Saints are trying to figure out who they are. The Saints are trying to figure out okay, we're not, you know, Drew Brees has been a staple in this organization and we can always trust Drew Brees. Now what happens moving forward? And, you know, Taysom Hill going out with Jameis Winston going out for the season. Uh, Jared Stidham is not the answer. So it's like they really were hoping that they can lean a lot on Alvin Kamara and he's been hurt. So now that he comes back and they look like, I'm not going to say the old Saints because they did not look like the old Saints. But Alvin Kamara looked really good. He's going to be a staple moving forward. So... Shouts out to the Saints. The, you know, it, you know how I said that I just said earlier that it seems like I have a vendetta against the Steelers. I don't. I'm just honest about the Steelers. People also say that I have a vendetta about Matt Ryan and that I don't really give him credit when Matt Ryan uh, looks good. No, here's the thing. I have no vendetta about Matt Ryan. I'm just honest about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan plays decent against bad teams, but he and I, and he plays horrible against good teams. Now, we need to figure out what's going on with the Panthers because I mean, I think I understand the week before benching Cam Newton. I get that. Or the week cuz he had there was a bye week, but the week before then Benching Cam Newton, I get that. He was looking horrible. I think that they were a little too quick in benching him, even though he did throw an interception. I think he was like 6 for 11 or whatever. But I think that they were a little too quick in benching him and putting in P.J. Uh, was it Washington? But – or P.J. Walker. But, bro, I'm honest about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is not an elite quarterback. He's not. Here we go. Would you trust Matt Ryan going against the Chargers? No. Would you trust Matt Ryan going against the Bengals? No. Would you trust Matt Ryan going against the Bills? No. Bron uh, Buccaneers? No. Green Bay? No. Rams? No. Cardinals? No. Ravens? No. Chiefs? No. Seahawks? No. Tennessee? No. Cowboys? No. Vikings? No. Now, I understand some of those teams they played, but it's like, no. Matt Ryan has regressed, and they did win, so shouts out to them. But I think a lot of it was, you know, I think a lot of it was the Panthers, and the Panthers have just crumbled. So, hey, man, I'm giving you props for winning. You know, shouts out to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons for winning. Their defense, 
you know, got a got a pick from Cam Newton. It didn't look horrible, but you know, it is what it is. So the Browns beat the Ravens twenty two or twenty four to twenty two, and the biggest story coming out of that is Lamar Jackson. Now Lamar Jackson sprained his ankle. You know he's, he's questionable. I think they I think they play Saturday actually. Um, it look, it is definitely Sunday. Oh no, the Browns play Saturday. So. The Ravens, here's the thing. And here's the reason why, to me, Lamar Jackson was in the MVP race. Lamar Jackson was in the MVP race because he was doing something that I thought was not possible. Is that you lose your top defensive players. You lose your top, your damn near entire running back core. In fact, you have to get players that, you know, were afterthoughts. You get... And now your wide receiver core was banged up going into the season. And you get your team to the number one team, number one seed in the AFC or AFC North. And for for a minute, the Ravens look like they could be title contenders. Now you lose Marlon Humphrey, so now you lose both of your top top corners. It's it doesn't matter. I think the success for the Ravens is going to solely rely on if Lamar Jackson can or you're going to they're going to go as far as Lamar Jackson takes them. If Lamar Jackson can't take them far, they're not going to go far. The thing is, I don't know I don't think I think that Lamar Jackson's at least limit at this point, he I don't think he can take this team at least how he's been playing in the last few weeks. He's not taking this team to no AFC Championship. I think it'd be fun, and I think that he's good enough. But how he's been playing, I don't think that this Ravens, to me, the Ravens team, they're going to make the playoffs, I believe. The Ravens are going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to make any noise because they're relying on people that aren't. They are, They had no no, they had no had desire to rely on these people. And I'm not talking about Lamar. I'm talking about you know running backs. and def- They're relying on a lot of people that they had no intention to. And... The injuries just keep mounting from offensive linemen to defense to running backs to wide receivers it, it, to, to halfbacks. It's it's just, no. And for, the, and for the Browns, the Browns are pretty much fighting for their playoff lives. And the fact, I think they just put like eight players on COVID. So COVID protocol. So a lot of them ain't going to play for Saturday, which is a huge game, man. I mean, you're playing the freak, the Raiders now. It's the Raiders, yes, but that's not a cakewalk. Cause we've seen the Raiders just get destroyed, destroyed. Hell, we saw the Raiders get destroyed by Kansas City Chiefs, but we also saw them beat the Ravens, a team that the Browns even struggled to beat with uh with Tyler Huntley. So. It's it's going to be interesting moving down the stretch, man, for the Ravens and the Browns, honestly, and the AFC North in general. Because, I mean, the Ravens are in play. The Ravens are number one seed in the AFC North. Uh, the Steelers are still in the hunt. Browns, which I thought are you know sh- should be a lot better than they are, they're still in the hunt. And it, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild. Down the shirt. Oh, and the Bengals. Don't get me started with the Bengals, but we'll talk about them in a second. Uh, moving forward, the you know Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has the has the ability. You know, some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now are you know older. You know, when you talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, to a certain extent, Russell Wilson. They're a little older. So the fact that their run or their reign is going to come to an end sooner than later. Not not saying that they're going to end like next year or whatever, but hell, Big Ben's last year with Pittsburgh is probably this year. Um, we're just seeing a new brand or we're, we're about to get a new wave of, um, I guess, elite quarterbacks. Not saying that they're not elite now, but when we think about the top quarterbacks in the league, of course, we still think about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but... That's going to change soon because they're not going to be around that much longer. And I think 
at least right now. I mean, you have some really good quarterbacks. We need to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we saw Russell Wilson. He's still younger than them, but I think that there there's going to start to be we're going to start jockeying between who's who is the best. I, you know how we talk about Aaron Rodgers and and Tom Brady as far as in rel- you know in in competition with each other. Uh, I think that we're going to start start getting that between Justin Herbert and, and maybe Patrick Mahomes because Justin Herbert does things on a regular basis that I and I'm an Oregon fan I did not see this happening and yes is the Giants but he destroyed the Giants he had some passes that you just look at him like yo how did what how did you do that man Justin Herbert is 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 great and, and I mean he's great and he is the Chargers are going to go as far as he takes them. So uh, the the Broncos, the Broncos beat the Lions thirty eight to ten. It's the Lions. The Lions are horrible. Uh, the Broncos, and they also you know with the Demarius Thomas news, they actually had a lot more to play for. So I'm not surprised at that. Um, the the Lions are horrible. The Lions are horrible in every sense of the word. So. Um, you know, shouts out to the Broncos. Um, a really good game, man, was the, the, the 49ers beat the Bengals 26 to 23. I think this was a really good quarterback matchup between Jimmy Garoppolo and, uh, uh, why am I having a blank right now? Um, Joe Burrow, I apologize. Um, of course, we know Joe Joe Burrow is one of those quarterbacks that we say could be the future. Uh, you know, could be a few or is a star now. Could be a future like big big star. Uh, Jamar Chase is, is is already one of the top running wide receivers in the game. Or let me not say that he's he's a, he's an incredible wide receiver. But this was a big game and a and a bad I think a, I know a game that the Bengals needed man uh the 49ers they're they're they underachieve even though they bro and I don't know what it is about the Bengals man like yo I don't know how many times George Kittle had to go their defense just their defense has been better than I expected them to be this year but Yo, on Sunday, it was just George Kittle down the middle. 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 I'm like, bro, <laughs> what's going on? And George Kittle was eating them alive. And it was that was definitely a game they needed to win. Both of them needed to win, but I think the Bengals needed that, especially especially their standings in the AFC uh, playoff race. I think that they needed that more. Uh, the Buccaneers beat... The Bills, thirty-three to twenty-seven. They were destroying the Bills, and the Bills came all the way back. Um, I, I'm not gonna say it's a call. Yeah, it's a cause of concern. Not saying it's not the fact that this de- the Bucks the Bucks defense pretty much collapsed in the second half and let us more more importantly the third quarter and let the Bills just go crazy. It's the fact that yes, they're ten and three, but. It's always been it's, it's it's been more of a shootout outside of the de- the the back end of the defense, the secondary. You know, they're they're you know, Levante David and 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 Adam Kinsu and all them, they're they're still good in the front. Just the back with the injuries and everything. It's it's they've let them down. Even though they did win the game. Um, but you know, and even though I think they the the Bucks did definitely get away with a pass interference on Stefan Diggs at the end. And the game should have never went to overtime, but you know it is what it is. Shouts out to the Bill or shouts out to the Bucks. I do think I mean they're ten and three, and I think Tom Brady right now is leading the charge for the MVP race, and uh, I think he's probably going to win it. And they're they're still the team to beat in the in the playoffs because they're the reigning Super Bowl cha- reigning Super Bowl champ. So moving forward, uh, the Bucks beat the for the Bears. 45 to 30. He still owns them. <laughs> He's like Aaron Rodgers is just that dude, man. It Aaron Rodgers is just that dude. There's no, really nothing I can I can say out of that. I It's funny. Excuse me. It's been a long day, man. It's funny. 
I keep saying that this is going to be the, like if, if Green Bay doesn't win this year, they're never going to win. I keep saying that. I've said that for the last like three or four years. But Green Bay looks – I mean, they're the best team in the league right now. They're firing on all cylinders, whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's Lazard, whether it's uh, Amari Rodgers, <laughs> them getting pick sixes. It's it's the Green Bay – Green Bay is because I hear Alexander and they're good. Green Bay is going to be tough. I think Green Bay is the best team in the league right now. So, um, you know, they just – they handle <laughs> – they were they're supposed to do Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers so and uh I think you know Monday Night Football which was the biggest game that we saw um or the standalone game outside of Monday or Sunday Night Football the Rams beat the Cardinals 30 to 29 23 I think this was big for both teams I think that this was huge for the Rams because the Rams won this game off defense you know uh they got a couple interceptions they, the outside, not to mention they didn't have uh, Jalen Ramsey, who is their second best pretty much player. The Rams' defense have been horrible. In fact, I think in the for the last couple of weeks they haven't beat a team that's over five hundred. So the fact that they beat the Cardinals was was huge, and they beat them off defense because their defense has been terrible this year, like absolutely terrible. And yeah, it's it's been it's been a test for the the Rams, especially defensive. They've been horrible outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And Jalen Ramsey didn't play, so the fact that they won off defense was huge. Uh, OBJ had a touchdown. He did the you know he did the cel- the the self defense celebration, which was funny. But this was a big ramp for the ramp. This was a big win for the Rams. I think this was. This was their biggest win this season. I, I think even bigger than the Bucks. One, because you're playing against, excuse me, you're playing against a team that is the Cardinals. That's the number one team in the in the in the NFC right now, or that was the number one team in the NFC. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray is MVP conversation. DeMar, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, they James Conner has been incredible. You're playing against a team that's not to mention the fact that you're playing against you're you're playing without one of your best players in Jalen Ramsey and you're missing Tyler Higby and you lose them like I think like five or six hours before the game. So that doesn't really give you time to prepare. So I, I do think that this was a huge win for the Rams. And this was a bad loss for the Cardinals. This and, and it goes back to when I was talking about the Cowboys. This is the biggest reason why a lot of people when we talk about, you know, Super Bowl contenders and everything, this is why a lot of people hold off on the Cardinals because the Cardinals do this a lot. The Cardinals, and I'm not saying that this is what they're doing. I'm just saying they have a history of being incredible to, for the start of the season and then towards the end they start, you know, going down, whether that's because of injury, whether it's just due to play. The Cardinals tend to do that at the end of the games. And while I'm not saying that this is the case, this could be the case. I'm not saying now they really haven't had a running back like James Conner, who's incredible. They haven't had a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, so we'll need to see. But I, and I'm not giving up faith on the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be okay. I think that they're still really good. Um, I just this is why a lot of people are just like hold off on the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying. And this is a bad loss because when you're when when the when the Rams are without Jalen Ramsey and when they're without now now AJ Green did go crazy, AJ Green went crazy. So did James Conner. But when when you're without Tyler Higby, when you're without um, Jalen Ramsey, when the Rams' offensive line, which has also been a problem this year, has still a problem, and you lose the game, it's it's you know it's been tough. So that's a tough loss. All I'm saying. Let's move forward. Let's talk about a little basketball. So, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Congratulations to Steph Curry for becoming the all-time leader in three-pointers mate. Passing Ray Allen. Now, it took a minute, but last night he went into MSG. Madison Square Garden, for people that don't know. I'm not talking about uh, MSG that they put in uh, Chinese food. When the MSG and all he needed was two, two three points, one to tie the record, two to beat them, 
And he, in fact, got to. (laughs) There is not a conversation at this point as far as is Steph Curry the best shooter. That's not a conversation. That's not the conversation I'm starting to hear now that I'm going to, I guess, give my take on is. I hear people at people saying it's the 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 argument that was on like first taken and and other uh, media platforms was is Steph Curry in the same realm as Michael Jordan and LeBron James as far as is he considered one of those quote unquote goats I can I guess I will say this Steph Curry has revolutionized the way that we watch basketball, the way that we think about basketball, the way that basketball is played. Not just in the NBA, but basketball in general. You're seeing kids pulling up from half court. You're seeing kids do the whole hitting in the chest and pointing to the sky. Like, you're seeing Steph Curry. Hell, you're seeing teams in the NBA that take – Golden State takes 40 to 50 threes a game. The way that Steph Curry has played has revolutionized the game. I think Steph Curry is the second best point guard of all time. I think that I love Steph Curry, but I can't put him above Magic Johnson. What Magic Johnson was doing at his height, at the at the where the game was, that's Magic Johnson. There's a reason why people call him Magic Johnson, and his name is Irving. So I think that Steph Curry, you know, is 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 that. But when we talk about, there's only two people that you can never put in the conversation, in my opinion, with LeBron James and Michael Jordan, and that is LeBron James and Michael Jordan. <laughs> and while a lot of people don't like him, Kevin Durant's up there. While you know. Th- This is why I think this is why the whole, you know, greatest of all time conversation is kind of irritating to me because you can't really they're never going to play one on one. They're never going to be able to play against each other. They're different eras or the game is played differently. We I you know, I like to I like to uh, recognize greatness and when it is, I like to recognize Michael Jordan's greatness. I like to recognize LeBron James greatness. Uh, players like Kobe, uh, Kevin Durant, all of them. And what I think that this conversation does is, is, even though it may be intentional or unintentional, this conversation tries to dampen what Steph Curry is or what LeBron James is or what Michael Jordan is. All these players are great in their own way. Nobody in this world that has ever stepped foot on this earth can shoot as good, as consistent as Steph Curry. Nobody on this earth will ever be LeBron James. Nobody on this earth will ever be Michael Jordan. I think that we should celebrate their greatness for what it is. And I'm not going to say Steph Curry's in the conversation with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I'm not going to say that, you know, you know, Steph Curry's Steph Curry's in a class of his own. LeBron James is a class of his own. Kevin Durant is in a class of his own. Kobe Bryant is in a class of his own. Michael Jordan is in a class of their own. They're all great. They're all greatness. Steph Curry will go down as one of the best players to ever play basketball. And congratulations, Steph Curry, for being or passing the great Ray Allen and becoming the league's all-time leading Three-point maker. (laughs) Well-deserved, my guy. And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Again, I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys. I do not plan on being gone for two weeks again. Uh, You know, I'm good. I appreciate you guys for supporting me, for, for people asking me if I'm all right. People asking where's the episodes. I appreciate y'all. I'm back. Okay. Thank you. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, it's still pretty cold out there. Go get your stuff today. The link's in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Go get what you need. Go get what you want. I got you. Go get that. Also, please subscribe wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening. Just, you know, 
just just join 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 the support group <laughs> that is the unpopular podcast supporters just subscribe and i appreciate it man uh until next time much love yeah yeah i got something Cards are so cathartic Finished every beat for rapper started I swear I'm about to eat, I eat Mubarak I see my target I want the throne and then I'm ghost Like I'm Omari Harwick Y'all Barney Clark, y'all got no heart The money's Robert Jarvik Do a card trick, make your queen just disappear Cause I see in a week What you see in a year is brutal The hate was futile You Google me and see how fruitful all this is Cause what I do for all these kids Is give them confidence Y'all give them drugs and early coffins It's astonishing, but I'm off the shit I'm polishing my approach to be more hove-like Some dudes don't like me cause they know I'm what these hoes like My future's so bright, the biggest rapper without a cosign Mama on the coastline Media sending blitzes, but I got angels on my O-line Y'all must think you got or something To think y'all actually got the power to be stopping something That's been decided already Your favorite model, well I bet I've been inside it already Your favorite car, I bet I drive it already yeah, I do what I'm born to do, you do what you're told I don't think I ask for much, just give me what I'm owed Man, they tried to give me two, but I made them give me four Opportunity ain't not, so I had to build the dough Bust it down, Cuban link, bust it down Fuck my ex, you know my next, I'm fucking up I fucking down, I fucking round, I want the crown That's non-negotiable And if I haven't reached my goals, I'm not approachable Don't talk to me, I'm agitated I know I've made it, but I still feel like I haven't made it Guess that's just the hustle in me that's cool.